0: I am the supreme irreverent Dr. Randy Tyson, and I took the left at the valley. I know we shouldn't have to scream that we're atheists, you know. We don't have non-astrologers and all that, but... With religious people taking over the world, I mean, we can either speak up or be pushed into a corner. I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer, an infidel, a heathen. I call it how I see it. I say it's ignorance and you just call it faith. And unsubstantiated claims, that's something to be ashamed. I'm an atheist. 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 I'm an atheist. Atheist. Atheist.
1: On your favorite Italian restaurant, this is Left of the Valley. My name is Kevin, I am your French garlic toast. Joining me is the spaghetti meatball team. That is
2: good for the <laughs> <a> show. <laughs>
1: Tyler, how are you guys doing?
2: Is it better or worse than meat and potatoes? Well, the question is, is do we serve you guys with marinara sauce or with rosé? <laughs> The more wine, the better. Let's get away from all these. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Glad to be here, everybody. Glad you're here still listening. Don't turn off. It gets better.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wait, we set the bar real low here. <laughs> Welcome back, guys. I hope you had a good week.
2: Oh, it's been interesting.
1: Interesting indeed. Yeah. Uh, anything you guys want to quickly chit-chat about before we get into our usual?
2: Just the interesting part, mostly, has been watching U.S. politics and being glad, oh, you know, being geez. being glad I can watch it from afar in the side of the border, even though I'm half U.S. Yep. It's, uh you know,
1: it's uh, it's getting really, really interesting to see what's going on down there in the states. I mean, the allegations left, right, and center are going flying all over the place.
2: Um, I mean, the big question to me is, and I don't think there's a, a good answer to this right now, is. Is Trump going to be tossed out by the GOP leaders, or is he going to blow up and quit because he doesn't want to reveal his taxes? Mm -hmm. And at this point, his lovely wife is under a little bit of suspicious um, behavior because of her um, uh, immigrant status.
1: And now, of Which course, is ironic. There's also a whole bunch of allegations, and the only allegations at this point surfacing that Trump was actually um, kind of paid by the Clintons to run against them. To push oh, I think that's... I I think think that's that, allegation, nah, it's allegation, it's nah. allegation.
2: I mean, there are so many... I mean, you could put out, at this point, you could put out any allegation, regardless of how extreme and bizarre... And somebody's going to believe it because that's the way this whole election campaign season has been going. Nothing is out of bounds. Okay, but if
3: you didn't want to get elected and you just wanted to do everything you possibly could to not get elected you would do what the hell Donald Trump is doing. Seriously. Oh, I've it's been like saying that It's like he's trying to now. lose.
2: Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Which tells you a lot about his judgment if he really wants to win. <laughs> uh,
3: I wanted to talk about his choice for VP. What's that guy's name? Um, um, um,
2: Pence. Mike yes, Pence. Yes, That guy
3: is a fucking moron. <laughs> There's a, a video uh, kind of circulating, and I actually had a buddy who wrote a pretty good response to it. Uh, but anyways, just the whole his views on evolution and stuff. Mm-hmm. He's like, we came from Neanderthals. I'm like,
1: what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, he's, he's trying real hard to push uh, creationism in schools, too.
3: Well, yeah, uh, it's like he never he he'd never even studied the basics of it. There's actually this...
2: Um, he doesn't need to study. He's got the Bible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, come on. Wait, <laughs> wait a minute. Jeez. There's actually Oh, this on, Tyler. <laughs> there's,
3: there's actually this debate with Richard Dawkins. He's debating some cardinal or whatever. And they basically ask the Cardinal, you know, do you think that you know humans evolved from apes? And he's like, yeah, sure, uh, from Neanderthal. And Richard Dawkins is like, from Neanderthal? <laughs> <laughs> what?
1: <laughs> They're our cousins. It's <laughs> all Richard Dawkins' way. I can just imagine <to> saying that. <laughs> it
3: just sounds, it's just so funny when creationists get the most simple things completely wrong which would have taken two seconds to google right
2: well what's really to i mean if you really want to go on the edge of rational thinking if something happens where trump either withdraws or is turfed to the side guess who gets to be ted cruz right no it would be mike pence Oh really? Oh, I'm God. thinking it would probably be Mike Pence, see, and might then just turn religious now, and then look forward to the debates between Mike Pence and, <laughs> and Hillary, who will look at him as a mop <laughs> to <laughs> <laughs> swish over the floors with.
3: I don't know her views on science in general. Uh, she seems to be uh, oh, pro she's, science. She's pro science. Okay. Yeah. she yeah. doesn't 100%. have any she's weird she, beliefs. No, like no, Jill, no. like that whole Jill Stein thing. No, I, I, I see people Stein. saying that she's not anti-vaccine people saying that she is and it's hard to kind of tell cause yeah. it's like she's saying I'm pro-vaccines, I'm just against the dangerous chemicals the big farmer might be putting in them I'm like, what? Well, that's, that's like pro-vaccine and anti vaccine at the same time.
2: Well, she's a physician. You'd think she'd be... Well, look well. at Ben Carson. He's a fucking oh,
3: moron. Oh, that's true.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. Retract <laughs> that. Erase that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I spoke and before not, I thought. And also,
1: let's not get back into that debate we had last week.
2: Oh, by the way, would you,
1: seriously, did I, did I manage to hold myself up or was I... No, nah, you got crushed. Oh, jeez. Mm-hmm. I, tried. I tried. That's Okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I was on your side, though. I still support you, regardless of what you say. I'm no, always was, on your side. It was good. And it, <laughs> it was good,
3: and I'd like to get. Uh, maybe you can take the same kind of position when we do uh, global warming. Oh, totally. I, um, you know, I
1: love playing devils advocate. Yeah,
3: vaccines would be a good one. Well, because the people who are actually like climate change deniers, they never raise really good points. No, so. No.
1: I, I yeah I try to raise really good points same I,
3: same thing with like evolution and stuff like I said we came from Neanderthals. I could pretend to be a creationist or pretend to be anti vax or anti you know climate change and do a much better job than those idiots
1: yeah so i uh, speaking of uh, being the uh the, the uh devil's advocate there uh, i was uh don't know if you guys saw when I went on the uh our friends the Legion of Reason with uh, Randy Tyson there I yes. did I listened to it yeah, and so I, yeah. it was a good show I think we had some fun uh,
2: it was you were the slowly disappearing guest <laughs> into the
1: <laughs> okay well this is <laughs> into, a, this the, is into that dark people night people might not realize okay well uh, for, for, for people that are wondering what Nancy meant there is uh, uh, the, uh, the, the, the podcast is actually a video of, a vlogcast I guess is what you call it it's, it's, it's video anyway and well course, shit I didn't know that yeah, so it's, it's, it's
3: I listened to the show. There's video.
1: Yeah, was video, and it's play, it's playing on YouTube, and of course it's 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 via Skype and uh, Google Hangout and all that stuff. And so so of course it's getting late here, and the cameras on me, my laptop, the cameras on me, and all that. And it's getting like eight, nine, ten o'clock. So the, the light is slowly disappearing, and so am I. You know, I didn't want to get up from my seat and start turning the lights on inside the the place there, so.
2: Pretty soon I, I just, it was the shadow. shade
1: and I was tossing a couple of good back and forth to them you know, about you know some of their points. We talked about everything from Black Lives Matter to religion to politics. So it was it was a good show. And, it was uh, abortion,
3: death assisted suicide, I caught that.
1: Yeah, so uh, we're gonna have to we threw I threw the invitation to Christine. We already had Randy on, but we'll, we'll make sure to bring both of them back on our show. And at that point, uh, they'll be at our mercy. Oh
3: yeah, she sounded really hot. By the way. <laughs> I don't know what she looks like, but yeah. but uh, uh, you started out really, really good on that show because you complimented me.
1: Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I complimented both of you. <laughs> yeah. I chose uh, not to hear the compliment. Yeah. <laughs> I compliment all of our crew. No, good show all the way. Sort of good missing. show
2: all the way. All the way around, and it'll be fun to have uh, Christine uh, on our show whenever whenever it works out. Excellent. Looking forward to that.
1: All right, Nancy, you ready to go? Uh,
2: pretty much. Okay, let's <laughs> set you up. Okay, here we go. And it's this day in history, which is a roundup of those events and people that altered and illuminated the days between, I can't believe it, August the 1st to August the 7th. Can't believe it's August. August the 2nd was National Ice Cream Sandwich Day. Ooh. So woo, so hopefully somebody somewhere celebrated Did you bring it. Did for us?
1: Pardon? Ice cream sandwiches? Did you bring them? Ice
2: cream? Well, no, you're the host. I thought oh, we would, but If I don't know these things, I can't bring them. Well, why, why do you have to know something in order to fulfill all of our desires and wants and, <laughs> and <laughs> refreshment needs? I mean, come on. I you're nowhere, the host.
1: I am nowhere near as brilliant as you think I am.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Moving on from that remark, if all the ice cream sandwiches made last year were placed end to end... They would circle the earth three and a half times. That's a lot of ice cream. There you go for a little trivia in your life to make up for not bringing the sandwiches. Oh. In 1776, on uh-huh. August the 2nd, this is really trivia. The voting of the United States Declaration of Independence took place on July 2nd, right, in 1776. It was ratified on the 4th, but it actually wasn't signed until August the 2nd. Everybody, That's what I heard. Time. Yeah. That's what I yeah. Exactly.
1: So the whole July Fourth thing is a scam.
2: It's a, <laughs> it's a reason for a celebration. So let's look at it. Oh yeah. Yeah. When do the major, Americans need major reason, reason, reason. to the
1: party. They don't need a reason to party.
2: But they should have had for another an celebration. That's right. They should have had another celebration on the second.
1: Yeah. There you go. go. We can. Stat we holiday, guys. Know this.
2: <laughs> That's guys right. in the U.S. Absolutely. In 1980. A very sad event in Great Britain. They only—they only, they don't even celebrate this because it was so sad.
3: What, they Fr- elected Margaret Thatcher.
2: No, <laughs> a- actually, it's—it it's it's, tops that. Frederica the goldfish died at age forty in 1980. Whoa! Hold Can on there—a goldfish. A goldfish lived until—not the cracker. No, it was a real goldfish. A real absolute goldfish. And, you know, they could keep track of her age, you know, because uh, they had witnesses. But 40 years old for a goldfish. Okay, good. that's a
1: myth. How long yeah, <laughs> <you> <laughs> just, somebody was just replacing the goldfish. I was just going to say that, yeah. <laughs> yeah
2: right. When no one was looking, they took, they scooped one out and put one back.
1: How
3: long do they normally live?
2: <laughs> it depends <laughs> on how well you take care all? of them. Some of them, you bring them know. home, and the next day they're, you know. Okay, I'm going to Google that while she's going to go, and I'm going to go right on. August the 3rd is Flag Day in Venezuela, and, and on August the 3rd in 1961, the NDP was founded, and it was a merger of the Cooperative Commonwealth Federation and the Canadian Labor Congress. So happy birthday, NDP.
3: I'm a huge, huge fan of the NDP, but seriously, like, how did they come up with the name? They're all sitting around brainstorming ideas. I know, let's call it the new Democratic Party.
2: Well, I guess they didn't like either one of those names. I like
3: the, they should go back to Collective Commonwealth, but that just tells you more about the party.
2: Yeah, I'll have to do a little more research on how it became NDP. Go ahead. I
1: I retract my statement. It says right here, the average lifespan of a pet goldfish is 5 to 10 years. In the wild, they can live as long as 25. The oldest goldfish ever recorded was 43 years old. What website is that? Wow. What website? It's called pets.thenest.com. Yeah.
2: So anyone there who doubts anything that is on this day of history, just whenever you (laughs) Google it... It will be there.
3: Yeah, when you told that story about the CIA wiring that cat and stuff, yeah, I totally thought you were full of shit.
2: Uh, and
1: so
3: like I went and looked it up, and yeah, you're right. <laughs>
1: Never don't
2: that's that's right. Do Nancy. <laughs> no, that's that's the fun about it. And really, these things really happen. Uh, but thank you for looking it up. It just sort of validates it, doesn't it? Oh, <laughs> it makes me feel good all over. I want an ice cream sandwich. Mm. Okay, August the fourth was Constitution Day in the Cook Islands, and in. 1735. This was a milestone for freedom of the press. There was a gentleman whose name was John Peter Zenger, and he was a writer and publisher of the New York Weekly Journal, and he was acquitted of charges of seditious libel against the royal governor of New York. And this is how it came about. In 1733, Zenger began printing the New York Weekly Journal, which he in which he voiced opinions that were critical of the, at that time, colonial governor, William Cosby. On September the 17th, in 1734, on Cosby's orders, the sheriff arrested Zenger. But a grand jury refused to indict him, and the attorney general, Richard Bradley, charged him with libel in 17. 17- Thirty-five, but his lawyers successfully argued that truth is a defense against charges of libel. So that's a that's a, that's a statu- yeah, it's a law that that really goes pretty far back to the beginnings of of uh, the U.S. Um, the New York City jury, which only deliberated for ten minutes, said the truth is not libelous. So that he's he's very famous in, in citing also that the The say the truth is out there. The truth is out there. That came that came later, much later. Um, in uh going back to August the 4th, uh, Canada's 1982 Constitution a guaranteed freedom of expression and freedom of the press and the government may legally restrict free speech with the aim of ending discrimination ensuring social harmony or promoting gender equality but the definition of hate speech which is punishable by law remains vague. So it's interesting the difference between, between the two countries In 1922 every telephone in North America was silent for one minute at sunset, marking the time funeral services were taking place for Alexander Graham Bell. Oh, cool. Yeah, he was laid rest in a tomb blasted in the solid rock at the peak of um, Ben Braw Mountain and his estate in Nova Scotia, Canada. And I am I probably murdered that Ben Bra Mountain name. You murdered him. I, I murdered, the, no, just the name okay, of the geez. mountain. Yeah. <laughs> I'm old, but I'm not old <laughs> enough to murder. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Never all names. Okay, in 1925, we got a pop quiz. How much do you think the ACLU paid Clarence Darrow for his defense of John Scopes in the monkey trial?
3: The answer is always 42, isn't it?
1: <laughs> <That> good guess. It's <laughs> a good guess. Um, Hitchhiker's got to the galaxy. I will say $200.
2: Which is another good guess. But actually, Clarence Darrow um, said to the ACLU, pay me nothing. I can afford it, and I never got more for any money. Cool. So it was, uh, yeah, pro bono. Awesome. Yeah, it just, I love Clarence Darrow. Anytime you read anything about him, he's just... A really fascinating, like a very fascinating, eloquent fascinating yeah. yeah August the 6th is Hiroshima Peace Memorial sem- uh, Ceremony. And in 1969... Um, um, Madeline Murray O'Hare, one of our favorite heroes
1: You need to do a spotlight on her. Yeah,
2: we do uh, filed a lawsuit with the National Aeronautics and Space Administration in regard to the Apollo 8 Genesis reading um, NASA had the astronauts read from the Bible on that mission but the case was rejected by the U.S. Supreme Court for lack of jurisdiction. <laughs> the moon was not in jurisdiction. Her, sta- her lack of standing in that suit because she had nothing, nothing to gain or lose by filing it. Um, the effect of the suits were varied. Although NASA asked Buzz Aldrin to refrain from quoting the Bible in the Apollo 11 mission, he was allowed to conduct the first communion service in space. So it, it's been sort of, yeah... It's, b- it's been sort of a you know vague line, you know. So I, I until know. the moon is in somebody's jurisdiction, I guess no lawsuit will be successful Se- against. Seems to me nothing
1: would stop a mission like that than eating a stale cracker.
2: Yeah, <laughs> there you go. August the seventh is National Lighthouse Day, National Beer Day, and National Public Speakers Day.
1: National Beer Day, love it.
2: Yeah, so somewhere there's a speech ready to be written about all three of those, wouldn't you? Or a book or a short story of some kind. In 1927, speaking of uh, uh, peace, uh, the peace bridge between U.S. and Canada was dedicated. And, okay, I'm going to leave this up to you guys. I have two stories that occurred um, on uh, August the 7th. One is a baseball been good to me story, (laughs) and the other one is sort of a daredevil story. So give a vote here between the two of you, and whichever one you like.
3: I'm blind, I'm going with daredevil.
2: Okay, and the vote from you is sure. Let's go. Okay, we're going to vote. Okay,
3: baseball sucks
2: (laughs) (laughs) at least today, it does. It's non existent. Here we go, Philippe Petit. Um, was born in, uh, in August in 1949. He was a French, hi- he still is, a French high-wire artist who gained fame for his high-wire walk between the Twin Towers, which have yes. sadly no longer exist, the World Trade Center in New York City. And he did this on the morning of August the 7th, 1974. And this was an unauthorized feat to which he referred to as, and you can do this, for me, Kevin, LeCoultre. Would it be LeCoultre? Yep. Okay. Um, He was 1,050 feet, 400 meters above the ground. He rigged a 450-pound, which is 200-kilogram cable, and used a custom-made 26-foot, which is 8 meters long. I do this for both sides. Of course. (laughs) I hope you all appreciate it. (laughs) Um, Long 55-pound, 25-kilogram balancing pole. He performed for 45 minutes. Thank God the time is the same. He performed for 45 minutes, making eight passes along that wire. So the next week, he celebrated his 25th birthday. He was 24 when he did this. All charges were dismissed because the police were down there and they were waiting you know, to see what he was going to happen. He had emergency crews down. But anyway, they were dismissed in, his, in exchange for his doing a performance in Central Park. For children. Mm, nice. and it, Yeah. And in 2008, a movie was made called Man on a Wire. Yes. It was a documentary de- um, de- directed by James Marsh about the walk between the towers. And the uh, documentary won numerous awards. And Petit was also the subject of a children's book and an animated adaptation of it, which was released in 2005. And it was called. Oh, um, the uh, another movie was called The Walk, and it was released uh, last year in September 2015. And it starred Joseph Gordon-Levitt as Petit, Petit and directed by. Robert Zemeckis. Did you see? You were not. Did movie. you ever see? No? I didn't see
1: that movie, but I I, I remember seeing the previews of it.
2: Yeah, I mean, just remarkable, remarkable yeah. feats. Do do you admire or do you think people like like that are just plain crazy? Well, I
1: think well, I, I, I both actually. Yeah. I do admire them, <laughs> and I do think they're plain crazy because you know I get vertigo just stepping out of my balcony at the time so
2: <laughs> yeah you really wonder i mean you wonder what what motivates them to uh you know to continue and i just guess the thrill the challenge of it mm-hmm. you think probably and that dear listeners as we know um brings ab- about a close to another passing parade of interesting mundane unusual and occasionally bizarre events this one sure was and people that make up this day in history
1: Thank you, dear Nancy, and we'll be right back right after this. What is secular humanism? Critical thinking. Knowledge is freedom. Freedom from ignorance and its
4: offspring, fear. The BC Humanist Association has been active in the Vancouver area for over 25 years. We offer a friendly and welcoming place to make new friends, as well as free educational lectures. We invite you to join us any Sunday at 10 a.m. in the Oak Ridge Senior Center Please visit our website for more details at
1: bchumanist.ca. Interested in a particular topic? You ever wonder where we find all this information?
0: The Common Sense Canadian is a forum for critical discussion of the key issues shaping our world today. Water, energy, food security, and how we manage our resources to the public benefit while preserving our environment. So go to commonsensecanadian.ca. It's uncommonly sensible.
1: Three, two, one. Hi, I'm the Supreme Irreverend Dr. Randy Tyson from the Legion of Reason Diversion. Join me and my co-hosts, Christine Shelska, Twyla, and Nate Phelps as we explore issues at the intersection of atheism, humanism, and skepticism. Topics range from alternative medicine to the interference of religion in public policy. We often have special guests to help us understand the topic du jour. Previous guests include biologist Jerry Coyne, ex-Muslim author Ali Rizvi, philosopher Peter Bogosian, and the late physicist Victor Stanger. You can watch us on the Legion of Reason YouTube channel or subscribe to the audio version through your favorite podcatchers such as iTunes or Stitcher. And don't forget to like the Legion of Reason Facebook page. And we're back. Today, we're going to have a very bit of a touchy subject. We're going to be talking about ISIS. I know. Who would have thought we'd do that again?
2: Yeah. I
1: wish our friend uh, Jim was here. Me too. Uh, you know, he's actually left. He's gone to back east for the next year or so.
2: We won't see oh, for a really? while. Yeah. Oh. Work
1: really.
3: And he's from Iran, correct? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I only met him the once. So. He's That's nice
2: okay. Guy. He'll have good stories to tell when I'm he sure gets he back.
3: I guess we'll see uh, if we're all on the same side here or not, eh? <laughs>
1: yeah. Exactly. So we're going to bring in our guest here, uh, Tyler. What can you tell us about Anthony here?
3: Oh, okay. You know, he's originally from South Africa. Well, he'll tell you, I guess. He lives in Australia. He's got quite the accent, so he's uh, getting a degree in philosophy, and him and I talk about a whole variety of subjects, but uh, I've noticed that he's extremely well-educated on uh, what's going on in the Middle East Mm -hmm. and he teaches me about, you know, the PKK, which is the Curtis. Curtis. So this is going to be one of those party. shows
1: where you and him are going to talk and Nancy nope. and are going to sit by and relax. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: I try so hard not to do that. <laughs> but I, I, I mostly want to talk about, like, the future of what we can, okay. what what they should be doing rather than just doing a history lesson. You know what I mean? Yeah. So maybe we'll see if we can get into an argument because that's always fun.
1: Okay, let's try to bring him on here. Okay. All right, our next guest is from down under. We got Anthony Avis Dubisson with us. Anthony, how are you doing?
5: Uh, hello there, Kevin. <laughs> uh, I, I'm, I'm Anthony Avis Dubisson. I'm an essayist who writes for um, philosophyismagic.com. whose alternative is Philosophy, the Stuff of Magic on Facebook. And I just write on a range of topics from philosophy to politics to history. And I do a couple of poetry and short stories on the side.
1: Excellent. Well, yeah. th- thank you so much for joining us.
5: Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> nice to
2: meet <be> you. <laughs> yeah, welcome. That's a wonderful resume. You know, must must keep you bu- must keep you busy.
5: Uh, I guess it does. <laughs> um, so thanks for taking time. some
2: time out to talk with us. We really appreciate it.
1: So you, today you're gonna you're gonna be our you're gonna be our expert, I guess, quote unquote, uh, when we talk about ISIS and the whole Islamic Revolution. But before we do that, yeah. we're gonna do our segment that we love, call. Another brilliant Brilliant moment moment. brought to you by religion. Excellent. A couple of short stories for you guys today. One right here from home in Canada. Did you know that, uh, so much for running on to Caesar, the things that are Caesars. In an interview exploring Conservative MP Brad Trollst's leadership uh, ambition, the Saskatoon area, Saskatoon Tower, there you go. The social conservative offered a thought on how he sees the conservative part of Canada fitting into the big picture. He basically said, by big picture he means of course God's work Right? I think, quote, I think God put conservative on earth to stop taxes everywhere forever.
2: Okay.
1: That's their mission, and that's that's their godly mission, apparently.
2: Okay. It's always interesting when religion and politics cross. Isn't <laughs> it? God seems to be on the side of the conservatives, according to the conservatives.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm, not, I'm just not
2: sure why God would want that, but I'm not sure you're supposed
1: to run like a functioning government without any revenue either.
3: Or infrastructure, roads,
1: you know.
2: Yeah, is, I mean, is there a plan? You just you pray for those things, and they happen.
1: That's a good, it's a good question. I, I'm
2: really wondering.
1: You know those potholes? You can just pray the potholes if away. Pray,
2: pray the pot, that. Sounds that's like wonder. You pray the potholes away. Pray if the like
1: infrastructures, the overpass. That sounds like a great idea. You and know?
2: we've all got a lot of money in our pockets. What <laughs> could be wrong?
1: But what, you kind of wonder also well, what does God think about His salary? He does make one hundred seventy thousand four hundred dollars per year. So what that's does He right. think about that lucrative pension of His? Maybe God's not for that either.
2: Possibly, he didn't think this all the way through.
1: (laughs) I think so. Conservative Christian
3: just seems like an oxymoron because the New Testament is so obviously socialist.
1: Yes, yes, I totally agree. I totally agree. So that that was our that was our fun uh, idea from uh, this guy. I have another quick story. Oh, (laughs) speaking of Christian, what would Jesus do? Apparently in Florida, a hungry and homeless man was jailed after church officials insisted the man be charged for stealing a few cookies valued at $2.25. God is
3: love. I guess he uh, never read Exodus 23.11 where God basically (laughs) instructs people to leave a part of their fields, their crops, Mm -hmm. for poor people to feed off of.
2: Well, I think it's the church's fault, because I, I, I read a little bit about this, and he, he came into the church, the door was open, there were people there, mm-hmm. and he saw the cookies, and I think they were either in a jar, and he helped himself. Now, if they hadn't left the door open... And hadn't put those cookies in plain sight. <laughs> he never... Wasn't that an invitation to come in and get the cookies?
1: Yes. And you know and, what... And by then th-
2: they, they called the cops?
1: By the story, we can tell that, first of all, that man was desperate because church cookies are the worst. <laughs> and, 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 you know... A, a they're the of, cheap version
2: of Oreos, right? <laughs> and that's
1: why they're only worth $2.25. <laughs> but it's amazing that the church insisted, insisted on pressing charge against a guy who took a few cookies.
2: Well, I wonder if the, did the police actually follow, I guess they had to follow through and take the poor, maybe they gave him a really good meal at the, at the jail. That's so right. maybe the, the maybe the story turned out better than we think.
1: Yeah, I think, I think, isn't it Matthew that says, uh, turn the other chocolate chip? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, sorry. I'm, 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 See, I
3: kind of hope so. Jesus does come back and kicks all their asses. Like.
1: <laughs> same,
3: yeah see i had this debate in my facebook group uh, discussion group for intellectuals and one of the people made a funny comment and they said well he was homeless and starving before and now he's in jail free room and board i was oh, like th- that's that's pretty sad when you're better off in prison you know yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly what do you think anthony uh <laughs> he's dumbfounded <laughs> He's like, oh my god what, <laughs> did,
1: what did i just jump
3: in here <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anthony, you're an anti-theist, are you not?
5: Yeah, I'm an anti-theist. Uh, I, I oppose mainly religious ideologies that seek to thrust themselves upon society, either through the political process or through force. Right, um, and um, also, the, I guess, I, I oppose these groups that try to also indoctrinate kids and spread misinformation, especially in regards to science and regards to politics and wish to I guess fuse religion and politics together, which I don't like at all. But as you guys were saying. <laughs> mm.
1: Well and you're from
3: Australia, which is considered to be quite left wing according to you know
4: well, these conservative actually, standards, the, no? The,
5: funny thing, the the funny thing about Australian politics is that everything seems to be upside down. <laughs> 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 Down under, upside down, that's why. <laughs> um, I mean, I was born in South Africa, and I sort of like immigrated to Australia, and um, Australian politics here, we have the Liberal Party, but it's not the Liberal Party, it's a Conservative Party. We have our leader, Malcolm Turnbull, who is the Li- Liberal Party Prime Minister here. Unfortunately, he's Conservative, so the government is actually centre-right wing here.
4: Uh, now, it's, it's of exactly course, you got like um,
5: the labor. The labor party here is, of course, you would consider socialist or left leaning, and um, the liberal and national party, which almost form a coalition all the time during elections, are the right wingers, and they're usually they the religious people, the the national people, the like you, you get like the, um, a split of them, which is Australia First Party, which is like a new a new kind of um, how you would say xenophobic. Uh, Organization within Queensland that's headed by um I can't remember her name but but yeah not not to go off too much on a tangent
3: that's okay <laughs> I'm I'm ridiculously ignorant of Australian politics so
5: oh Why goodness me know? I had to like I had to, I had to like uh, fill my mind up in the last couple of months so do, do not worry I, <laughs> I'm I th- sort of fresh. up yeah.
1: I think they're pretty similar to Canadian politics like you said about that uh, the Liberal Party being conservative right here in BC. In the province of BC, not, not on the federal level, but on the provincial level, we have the exact same thing. The liberal government is actually in power right now, but they're actually a conservative conservative group, right? So oh,
3: yeah, pe- you, yeah. You would consider the NDP to be like a socialist group, and I'm probably a little further left than they are. Yeah, I once took this political compass test or whatever it was Yeah, when and the, have an election. the results actually said if you were any further left you'd be in Stalin's backyard <laughs> <laughs> I was like Stalin why not Lenin <laughs> <laughs> Give me a break
5: yeah.
3: but yeah, yeah Ant- Anthony has written some really good things like uh, what's the Facebook is it the philosophy of magic
5: yeah it's um, philosophy um, the stuff of magic I- I've had it for quite some time it's probably about I guess it's going on to its third or fourth year anniversary uh, can- I guess but can- um, uh, uh, sorry. Can you say? Can you
1: are you going to be able to send us a link so we can actually post it on the notes for the show? Oh,
5: oh. oh well, you don't to do have to do right it now, now, but I mean. <laughs> uh, but um, uh, yeah, it's uh, I've had it for since two thousand thirteen, and uh, I sort of I started off on philo- philosophical writing, like mostly to do with explaining base concepts to people. Like, um, essentially, what the epistemology was, and you know those, uh, I guess, base philosophy things, Mm -hmm. and I sort of I developed slowly into, I guess, the political aspect as well, but not to get too much off, I guess, or focus. Uh, I, I, yeah, I I have written written things on like. Uh, Marxism. Yeah, that's um, what I was so, just gonna say. I've so read i I've read pretty much yep. all
3: of it. I think I've known you since you started the page. It's yeah, pr- you're, you're pretty... the
5: first when the first people to promote me. Yes I was so <laughs> <laughs> Wow, excellent. Of course you. Yeah. So Anthony,
1: let's talk today about the Middle East and the whole ISIS yeah. thing. Give us the pearls of wisdom here. I mean, what do these people want? I mean is is it is uh, it really social political? Is it religious? What do you think? What are your thoughts on all this?
5: Oh uh, it's, as I said, if, if anyone who actually, I guess, who's looked into the Middle East and all the affairs that's going on there will tell you that it's a cluster. It's a cluster, you know, it's a mess. <laughs> clusterfuck? <laughs> it's fuck? a mess of, yeah, 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 clusterfuck. It's like a mess of <laughs> interconnected um, counterproductive alliances. But to try, I guess, cut through the the jungle, if you will, um, you have um, ISIS, which is just one of the most recent groups out of the Islamist ideology. Now, I- Islamism is essentially the, the political imposition of a version of Islam upon society. So it can either be done through the political means or through force. Now, often you see the jihadists, the mostly these ISIS militants, who at the moment are fighting in Syria and Iraq for territory against um, local militia forces over there, trying to gain control of this region because they are devout to their ideology. And what their ideology is, it's religious and, polit- sorry, religious, political in nature. It follows a very strict reading of the Quran, a very, I guess you could say, literal reading of the Quran. Uh, we would call like um, Salafist and Wahhabist, which are sort of sects of um, Sunniism. Which is um, just you, you have in Islam Sunni and Shia, Shia being the the small like three percent to five percent of the globe, and I, I could say probably I, I'm incorrect on those numbers. I can't remember, but and the the majority being Sunni, and out of Sunniism you've got of course Wahhabism and Salafism, and you have out of those groups you have ISIS. Now ISIS, I guess you could say, is a a recent incarnation, I mean, we're talking about 2014. But its leaders are actually quite old, and I won't, I won't actually get too into detail because it's a very long thing to explain. But um, in essence, for someone who's quite new to the thing, if someone had to go right in and say, "Okay, what the fuck is happening?" Essentially, you have these ISIS militants who are waging an ideological war where they want a well, they want to achieve, you could say, a global Islamic state or caliphate, which is like and, Sharia
3: law, right?
5: Yeah, it's it's not just that; it's more of I guess. The word, uh, it's, it's entire, dominion,
1: it's dominion sorry. over the world, right?
5: No, it's 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 entire control of the region, entire control of lands from the Kufa. So now it's 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 taken strictly from Muhammad's, I guess, example where Muhammad was in a warlord who invaded Mecca, Medina, and um, enslaved the populations over there. But it's 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 taking a strict version of Islam where. You have to enslave the Kuffar, you know, put taxes on the Christians and what have you. And what they're trying to do is build a state that is close to the time of Muhammad. They are trying to bring back, if you will, technology, bring back civilization back to its basics, back to its lack of human rights, lack of liberties. And they want to do this because they are very devout in their ideology. I mean, there's a there's a there's a there's a famous thing you could hear on the, I don't know what it's called, Nashaz or nashid. These are like um, songs for um, ISIS militants. And they say they say we love death more than the infidel loves life. If you can just imagine that, you have an idea, you have an idea of what these ISIS militants want. They want a state of islam upon society they want the elimination of the kufa or the non-believer they want the elimination of any opposition to them and they are very strict and brutal in this i mean i think a couple of months ago a boy was um had his head chopped off for listening to pop music yes because yeah it's 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 um that's just one of the many examples and since i sort of follow this closely because i've i've got twitter and I, i love twitter but you know you get the nice side of Twitter and then you get the bad side of Twitter. <laughs> and uh, I, I like Twitter. I, I sort of I follow a bunch of analysts who are much more experts on these than me. So this is why I say to people um, sort of, I guess, um, think for themselves, like always, always look up or always go and check whatever, whatever a person says or whatever I say and so forth. But I usually go to people like um, uh, Julian Lenars of the Human Security Center Um, I go to people, to Michael Weiss of the Brookings Institution. I go to, uh, I guess, um, I'm just thinking off the top of my head at the moment, to um, also um, Douglas Murray of the Henry Jackson Society. You've got all these different individuals from different think tanks, different um, organizations, and different counter-terrorist organizations who are looking at this, what we call the Middle Eastern clusterfuck. And I'll try to find solutions to deal with ISIS. But we know at the moment that ISIS is just one group at the moment of Islamist ideology. And they're at war with another group, of course, which is more well-known at the moment. (laughs) I know that's hard to say, but you know, Al-Qaeda. Yes. And Al-Qaeda and um, ISIS are actually having a war against one another. The reason why they're having a war against one another is that Al-Qaeda and ISIS have different views of the world. They have, Of course, they all want to achieve their own, I guess, their own Islamist dream of a, a caliphate. But they have different ways of doing it, getting about it. I mean, with Al-Qaeda, Al-Qaeda is willing to go and work with, uh, I guess, political organizations or other organizations who may not necessarily be on their same um, doctrinal or same ideological leanings. But they, you know, do it to get to their ends. Like, you know, the, means, the, the ends justify the means, almost like that. Mm-hmm. But ISIS are very, very different. ISIS will say that, OK, if you do not believe in our ideology, then you are our enemy. And that's a new phenomenon. Because past before ISIS, before that all before ISIS, we were dealing with um, just normal sectarian groups like Al Qaeda and so forth, who were like they were more they were corrupt, but they were religiously motivated and politically motivated as well. More politically motivated as well. But ISIS is a different kettle of fish, because ISIS is much, much, much more ideologically devout.
1: So they're much oh more much more yeah. brutal in their
5: fighting. Yeah, they are much more brutal. I mean. For example, they are much more clever and brutal. For example, um, I, I say for example a lot, but um, they are fighters who want to die. They are <laughs> devout. They want to go <laughs> fighting to um, to achieve this vision. I mean, they have like young, they, they indoctrinate young children to, to cut off um, teddy bears' heads or to cut off, um, especially like um, quite recently, about a couple of months ago when a boy was cutting off a man's um or at least a captured soldier's head. Is that this is the kind of training they go through? These these young individuals, these most devout individuals. Remember, and remember Nancy, we talked about all. this with Jim. Uh, sorry.
1: No, I was talking yeah. to Nancy. So we we did a previous show, and we actually had a, a, a man from Iran here, and he was talking exactly about what you're talking right now. Uh, the the, yeah. the the practice on the teddy bears and practicing on on, on prisoners of war for, for the kids, you
5: know. Yeah, it's. The thing is, is, that I'm not, as I said before, I'm not necessarily a quote unquote um, professional when it comes to this stuff. I'm more, like for the last couple of months, I've been, I guess, in, 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 in how you say engulfed in it, or I guess, um, I've soaked it up, if you will, in well, the communities that I've worked with. And um,
1: Anthony, don't be so hard on yourself. There is no professional on this situation.
5: I mean, yeah. <laughs> this yeah. is yeah. pretty unique. You actually, you're on. actually really right on that question. It's like people like you have a lot of analysts and you have a lot of. Um, Pundits and you have a lot of um, uh, spectators who who actually do have a lot of valuable things to say on this matter. But my take on it is is that um, ISIS at the moment are waging not only an ideological war, but they are inspiring others across the globe to take up arms or take up their cause as well. Like I mean, if you look at the Orlando shooter who killed, of course, um, fifty homosexuals. I'm sorry, fifty. What did I say? Homosexual. I mean, fifty um, LGBT. Um, individuals yes. in that um, nightclub he was inspired by isis if you look at the Paris shootings or you have um, the recent um killing uh, the, the car killing in niche france like with the big truck yes like that these people were inspired by isis and that's what isis wants they want a war that of where people are actually getting inspired by their ideology to fight throughout the globe this is this is a scary thing, if you think about it. Okay, okay, actually, just, okay, yeah. but
3: if, but let's just say they win, blah, blah, all this stuff. The, I want to get to the specific complaints here, is that if yeah. they are in charge, then what's the, the main issues, which is, you know, girls get acid thrown in their faces for going to school, women aren't allowed to leave the house, they're well, killing homosexuals, they're killing pretty much anybody who's not a muslim and that's kind of what we're trying to stop
5: from spreading right it's it does have to do with that as well is i think this, especially when i speak with a lot of my friends who are i guess politically savvy or at least um are trying to come up with solutions to this because it's like trying to say a, a, a solution to a huge problem it's like you will never find like an ultimate solution but there's been a, like i guess attempts at it at the moment what a lot of governments are doing across the globe is they are putting um, money into um, counter-terrorism and into terrorist analysts and those groups to come up with like um, plans and they're putting a lot of uh, money into the military as well to come up with the plans to deal with ISIS because at the moment the, what America is doing at the moment is um, aiding uh, or at least coalition troops are aiding um, Kurdish um, fighters like um, but these are the are allies in the iraq and um, syria who are fighting on the ground like um isis so these are the ypgs which is the uh people's protection unit and the women's protection units and the civil protection units they've got different insignia but I won't get you confused with that
3: but like the pkk which, right yeah. which is like
5: oh uh, well the pkk is um
3: the kurdistan workers party is it not
5: yeah it's, it's the kurdistan workers party they're secular
3: Turkey. are they not are these these yeah, are secular yeah, yeah. groups well, right the,
5: Uh, Okay, I I, I, I don't want to, like, it's, it's like, I don't want to get, like, you know, people getting confused or, like, we're going off on different Yeah, no,
3: I just, I want to address why there's such, why there's such an issue, like, because it's not just that they're means, it's not just that they're being brutal, you know, the means to an end. Their end is a society that nobody wants to live in. All of us would be dead if they were in charge of Canada. Lots, you know, gay people like i said any atheists any non-muslims nobody like the vast majority of people don't want to live in that society and that's what we're trying to stop right from spreading it's around the world because 90 exactly. percent of people don't want to live in that society but what mm-hmm. the hell are you going to do about it and when i get into these debates with people people on the right and people on the left both get pissed off at me yeah because i say i used to be this you know bleeding heart liberal that said let's just You know, leave them alone, and they'll collapse (laughs) on their own. But then I realized I'm a humanist, and it's kind of like seeing a little girl getting raped in the back alley, and you say, "Oh well, that's not my problem." You know what I mean?
1: Well, is is that a fair comparison, Kevin? No, I don't. Well, I don't think it is. I don't. I don't don't think it, it quite is. Uh, What's the
3: difference between saying, you know, screw the Muslim countries, let them do whatever they want, it's not our problem, and then my example well, of the because, because
1: Because one is a, a violent crime and the other one is an integrating culture. So you have to be a bit more delicate on something like that, I
3: well, think. Well, no, that's what I mean. Violent crime, like killing non-Muslims and throwing acid in the faces of little girls for wanting to go to school. We can't just stand by while countries do stuff. Yeah. This is why we have the United Nations Declaration of Human Rights, and this is why we have the Geneva Convention, and nobody's enforcing it. Now, I know that goes for North Korea and other places too, but shouldn't we be enforcing these laws? I mean, they they, they created, have you guys heard of the Cairo Declaration of Human Rights? No. Okay, so within the United Nations Declaration of Human Rights, it basically says that you can't persecute people based on religion, right? Well, the Muslims didn't like that, <laughs> so they created their own Declaration of Human Rights that says we can do whatever we want in that regard.
2: Yeah. I need a point of clarification.
3: Okay. Yeah.
4: We're,
2: we're Because I, I really get confused about this. We keep talking, or, or during this conversation, we're talking about the killing of, of non-Muslims, but isn't it uh, is it true that the the radical groups like ISIS and ISIL go after Muslims if they're not yeah. conservative, if they're not if believing they're not, the yeah. way? So it really it, it it's not a matter of Muslim versus non it's believers uh, um, versus
5: non-believers, fundamentalists
1: versus moderates, yeah. and right, non-believers,
5: it, it, right?
2: I mean, yeah, am, am, I, am I correct?
5: Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, Anthony, a, am I correct that's a there? good point. Yeah, yeah that, that you're actually very correct. I mean, ISIS don't, view, for example, we say mm-hmm. like we you, we can we can distinguish between a liberal Muslim and an Islamist. I think we can all do that. We all have at least um, spoken to normal Muslims like, you know, at a barbershop or, or a kebab stand. Or, I don't want to say stereotypical, but a kebab no, stand no, no stereotype or at you. All. Yeah,
4: isn't yeah, like, like, it, you know,
5: it's like comparing Francis Collins
3: to Ken Hovind, isn't it?
5: Yeah. You know, Pardon me? <laughs>
3: it's like comparing Francis Collins to Ken Holbein because Francis Collins is, you know, very liberal oh, yeah. and open to science and Ken Holbein, well, it puts the mental well, and I, fundamentalism, right? If I can just right? really
5: finish that point, so that we, we, know, we can distinguish between liberal Muslims and Islamists. What yep. the Islamists cannot do is that when they look at, like, when they see, like, liberal Muslims, like, you know, enjoying secular values like we do, like, as normal people do, what they see is they don't see Muslims. They see Kuffar. They see we, they see like peop, essentially non-Muslims. They say, "Okay, you know, when we bomb um, in Tunisia or when we kill a bunch of people in Tunisia like that, and they all happen to be Muslim, they aren't Muslim in our eyes because they don't follow the doctrine strictly like we do. Yeah, they the, are not Muslim. We are Muslim. They are not the no true
3: Scotsman fallacy, you know? right? You
5: know, They're not you know, real you know, Muslims. Yeah, you know, and the thing is, is that um, this is also I have to just have to bring, I guess, the political aspect. Like on the, for example, I'm a, a classical liberal." That, that means to say that I believe enlightenment values I believe that these values are universal that they are to all people I believe in the values of free speech freedom of thought um, freedom from worship freedom of the press freedom of association what have you I believe these to be universal however a lot of classical liberals will sort of are very pacifist they'll say okay we, we shouldn't go to I guess' um, we should be very interventionist or we shouldn't be very internationalist i'm i'm different i have a little bit of a hawkish foreign policy when it comes to that but that's another matter i'll go i back agree with later.
3: you a hundred percent
5: yeah I mean I mean, I mean I mean very hawkish when it comes to foreign policy i mean i i've like i have a friend i won't mention his name because i don't know if you'll you know how these things work but um we we talk about foreign policy all the time and um I, I always debate with him because he's more authoritarian than I am. Because I since I'm a classical liberal, I, I oppose authoritarianism. I'm an anti-totalitarian. So just to quickly explain what totalitarianism is, not to get people too confused, is that totalitarianism is essentially... Um, when uh, the ideology that professes the totality of control when someone wants the desire of total control over others it's very different to authoritarianism where authoritarianism is of course set you know centralized power in the hands of the few but it will, it's very absent of um, the socio and economic dimensions so it will not involve the i guess the social or the economic realms necessarily Totalitarian regimes involve, you know, the economic and social dimensions. So like this is the difference between, I guess, uh, Putin's Russia and Assad's Syria. Assad's Syria has the press that is is um, completely uh tuned to the Assad, has um, secret police, has killing of baby children, what have you. And it's entirely a tyrannical state that is I guess at all levels. Monitoring or at least at all levels trying to oppress its people. Putin's Russia is different. Putin has of course has state media has uh, RT, which is Russian Today, which is the state media of Russia. is not It's a very different scenario those two concepts. But now to get back to my to my point. Now, um, when when I said about um, uh, being in, being an interventionist, what I meant is that I support. Uh, uh, those individuals who, I guess, will we we need to, I guess, not be spectators to injustice. I think that's the main thing. I don't like, for example, when a rape's happening in front of me, I'm not going to sit back and do nothing and say, okay, you know, I I, I best not interfere with the little girl getting raped by that man over there. Because it's their culture,
3: yeah.
5: Yeah, I'm sort of, I I want to help that people and help the the person there. But when I debate with my person who's authoritarian, my authoritarian friend once, I guess, um to let the government have complete and utter, I guess, control of change. The difference, I think, between classical liberals and what he would be called a neoconservative is that um, a classical liberal wants cultural change, so like, you know, a bottom-up solution, while a neocon wants um, a top-down solution, so the mm-hmm. government doing completely managing change. And this goes back to the point on how do we fix these um, the problem with, with ISIS and Islamism and that. Well, well, and, I, and I want to
3: cut you off there, just for a sec, s- because, uh, because I want to... very polite. Well, I want to ask Kevin yep. well, and Nancy, both of you, to answer, what would you do? Like, what do you think should be done with ISIS and whatnot? Because clearly... Anthony and I agree we need to go around and enforce the Geneva Convention of blah, blah blah. So I want to hear your guys' well. perspectives, Kevin <laughs> and Nancy.
1: Well, uh, well, uh, b- before before I put that, I, there's a, there's a question that's pertinent to this. I want to ask Anthony. Is Anthony? Yep. You know, you, you said at the beginning. You know, uh, the difference with ISIS is ISIS is inspiring these rogue people to come up uh, like the 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 attack in Nice and the attack in uh, yeah. uh, in Orlando. I think the question is: Is why are these people inspired by 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 an ideology that is so violent like that? What is it in their life that drives them to seek refuge in this? And I think you might have part of a solution there to the problem.
2: I would I would go the same. I'm I'm on completely the same page with you. It's all
1: social economical, of course. There is religion in there, but there has to be something in that person's life that drives them to desperately seek answers. In a violent ideology.
5: Well, the thing is, is that if we take the Orlando shooter for example, his father was say uh, was a very um, an Afghani, I guess, I- Islamist. His father was from Afghanistan and Afghani Islamist. He got the material from the dark web, or you know, the we would call like um, the deep dark web, what have you, where ISIS uh, promotes their material, like you know, the form of pamphlets and manifestos that you can get on all those um, servers that aren't checked, I guess, necessarily by. Uh, side or however that um, stuff works but um, the thing about them, what it, what inspires people like that I guess is that um, this this combination really is that you have not only ideology like ideological devotion someone who believes that okay you know has a spark in their eyes and says you know that this, they have the right view of the world, their view is right, what can I do to do it so what do they do? They get in contact with a local ISIS individual, because, you know what, ISIS individuals, a lot of their, they have a clever network. They're very clever with social media. Like, they get in contact with um, individuals on, like, who of who are much, they look for characteristics in individuals that are very prevalent, I guess, in terms of, like, you know, I guess, um, uh, awkwardness or um, an inkling towards a cause they want to fight for, and they target those people specifically, and they Help those people get in contact with them, and they provide material to them. And they say, "Okay, pretend you just go smoke, go to a gay bars, do whatever you can, can in the Kufa lands, do whatever the fuck you can in the Kufa lands." But when the time comes, you have to activate your so like your ideological drive and do this job. Or in this, in the case of the Orlando shooters, to kill 50 um, um, gay, gay, uh, 50 LGBT people at a nightclub. That's just one example. It's the same with the niche person. It's that these individuals, they have certain qualities that ISIS likes, and they get in contact with these people. Now, that's not always the case. Some of these people go to ISIS because they're searching for a cause to fight for, oftentimes. But the real clever ISIS fighters, or like the real like people like um, Baghdadi, who is an imam, and that inner circle of um, ISIS at the moment, these people are very clever in terms of not only their political but also their their religious strategy, and what I think that I guess the solution I will i think to Islamism is a multi pronged solution so I think that on the one hand we should actually um spread free thought like spread free thoughts in terms of spreading um education in the form of um teaching people how to think mm-hmm. I think that's a basic thing that would actually help instead of people relying upon an arbiter for their knowledge they are instead equipped with the tools to not only think for themselves but also be able to thirst for knowledge and thirst for reason and evidence that's one approach the second approach would be also to fund counter or you know um, counter terrorism think tanks like one of them is in Britain at the moment called Quilliam Foundation and the Quilliam Foundation is um, its co-founder Majad Nawaz is I think he's um, notable in um, a lot of um, circles because he he's, he's discussed um, with Sam Harris, and they created they co-authored a book called um, Islam and the Future of Tolerance, which I I recommend everyone read. And it's essentially um, he has a lot of experience because Majad Nawaz is a, an ex-radical Islamist, so he's an ex-Islamist, he's an ex-Islamic fun- fundamentalist, but he's still he's still of course a Muslim, but he's a liberal Muslim, but that's another thing altogether. On the third prong approach is that we also attack uh, i guess isis from a military p- perspective we take down the devout jihadist fighters like you know with our military with our special forces with our backed um kurdish forces and i think on the fourth level is of course stop the 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 i guess the misinformation surrounding this topic because you have a lot of polit- politicians like um barack obama and um the then until now um uh, david cameron who's who was the now former prime minister who, of Britain, who, who didn't want to name the threat of Islamism. Now, I call it the threat of Islamism because um, uh, Islamism is, of course, an ideology, but it's also, it also has to do, since it's an ideology, it also has to go on to the language level. So, how politicians speak about it. So, you have Hillary Clinton, who always, um, I guess, says that, you know, this has nothing to do, like, these attacks in Orlando or in Nisha or like that, they have nothing to do with Islam or something like that. That's entirely wrong. It does have something to do with Islam. I think we'd all agree, eh, Gavin? Oh, yeah,
1: well, no. certainly, I certainly agree with that.
5: Yeah, and the thing is, is that you have to name the threat of Islamism, and that's all it takes. And the thing is, is that a lot of these politicians are doing or not naming the threat of Islamism purely because they don't want to like, either offend Muslims or, you know, offend the uh, ins- sensitivities of Muslims, or they don't want to be viewed as this recent term, Islamophobe. Yeah. And I think you guys have heard that term. Yeah, we're, per- quite
3: we're good, pretty, sorry. what, anti-regressive left, I guess we would say. Yeah. We've talked about uh, that quite a bit.
1: I, I, I think maybe the, one of the issues here is um, if, you, if you were to replace the word uh, Islamism with some, something else that, like, black, it's a black problem then you would have an entire population of black people having an issue with that. And I think that's what the authorities have a problem with, by saying Islamism. Yeah. They don't want the rest of the Islamic world saying, hey, yeah. we're not into this.
3: Well, I say oh. I'm anti-Islam, I'm not anti-Muslim. Yeah. Just like I'm anti-Christianity, but well, I'm not well, anti-individual well, that's, that's,
5: Christians. Well, can, I just, can I just quickly interrupt for a second? I don't want to cut you off. Uh, yeah. either, but, um,
1: <laughs> oh, go ahead, cut him off. Thing is, <laughs> You're going to have to.
5: <laughs> yeah, the The thing is, is that that's why the whole term Islamism exists. It's an entirely politically correct word. I believe I'm actually I'm against Islam. I, I'll say that I'm against Islam. Me However, sure. I cannot say that in politics because in politics they think that you're against every single Muslim. Unfortunately, so what you have to do is with Islamism is that Islamism, as I said, is um an a political ideology which um an individual wishes to impose a version of Islam upon society. So when you say someone is an Islamist, they are a person who wants to impose their religious ideology either through the political system, like you have political Islamists, like um, uh, I guess the Muslim Brotherhood or, um, or what have you, who who've tried to impose uh, Islam upon society through that means or the jihadists. But um, the Islamists are essentially the Islamic fundamentalists. But they, I can't call them Islamic fundamentalists because a lot of people have a problem with that language, so I have to use Islamists. And then I say there's the liberal Muslims. So there's the liberal Muslims, the Islamists, the conservative Muslims, which are actually kind of like are sympathetic to the Islamists. And then you have, of course, um, the, the Muslims. non-Muslims. Yeah.
1: Now, would this be easier to say instead of using the word uh, Islamist if they used the word? Uh, like for for example on the on the on the flip side you get the christians but then you have the christian dominionist so if they use the word islamic dominionist maybe they would have a better success than just saying islamist
5: well that's the promise that off ultimately this is all a language game if you think about it, because in politics yeah, it's just
4: unfortunately
5: so. yeah sorry semantics so. The thing is is that in politics, it always has to do with a language game. I mean, if you look back in the 90s, George Bush, or like George Bush Sr., said Islamic fundamentalists. He called them Mujahideens, or you know, like Al-Qaeda Islamic fundamentalists. He never used the word Islamists, or what have you. This is a recent term. Why? Because unfortunately, our sensitivities have become, I guess, heightened in terms of the political sphere, especially in the West, and which is very... It's very disappointing because if you look 20 years ago, even 30 years ago, these kind of, um, I guess, language sensibilities with this identity politics or this um, kind of touch and feeling when it comes to how you say things to certain people, it wasn't as it is today. Now today, politicians have to go through a minefield of what words they must say, okay, what words they can use to not offend people. And that's the problem is people's sensitivities are, people are a little bit, pussified, not to, I don't like the word pussified but
3: not pussified. You, you should look at the history of like the terms for mentally challenged people like they were called morons and that was totally fine yeah. and they were called idiots and it keeps it's changing. It's political correctness. Yeah, and then yeah. you're you're specially challenged and then they didn't like that and mentally disabled, they didn't like that and all these, they just keep ter- t- changing it and changing it and changing it. They don't do shit about it but they keep changing it.
1: Yeah, so They just, just called
3: it Kevin today. Th- now, <laughs> <laughs> but now When we talk about what to do with this whole Islam thing, like Hillary Clinton's kind of beefing up, you know, the military and stuff, because she's going to win and go over there and and fight, (laughs) and that's and that's all good and fine. We're talking kill, kill, kill. But I think the key is you can't go in and kill all the bad guys and then just leave. You got to rebuild the economy and schools, and just like Anthony said, you have to have. Education. We need to set up good schools. I mean, if you just leave all these people poor as shit after you killed all the bad guys, they're just going to come back. And, I
5: mean, I mean, we right? just have to. We have just. We just have to take. Yeah. Yes. We just have to take the Iraq War or at the end of the Iraq War, and like when we pulled out, when Obama pulled out troops in like 2011. We at the moment we had tried for a long time to keep Iraq up. We we had gone into we got we had got rid of Saddam Hussein, which was a success, but unfortunately. We didn't do, we weren't there for the long term. We didn't actually maintain as much as an effort as we would like to the state of Iraq. What happened when we left, uh, I don't want to use the word vacuum because it was not that the case. The the ideology already existed, but I'm talking about the groups. The sectarianism started to um, come up to the surface again, where you have these militia groups that come out of one another. And then you have the, I guess, not the creation of ISIS, I mean ISIS already kind of existed. Its leaders were already there. But the name of ISIS or the Islamic State came into being in 2014 because of the sectarianism.
3: Okay, but I, wanna, I, wanna know what, yeah. I want Kevin to answer my question about what he think. What would you do if you were president of the United States, Kevin, in regards to this problem? Same with you, Nancy. I want to hear from well, both of that's,
1: you. That's a, that's a very big question to answer in a very briefly like this. Uh, but, but you know, uh, the, the idea of going in, guns blazing, and killing, there's, there's just one problem with that. Uh, and Jim, Jim yeah, used to say the same thing. He says, you know, you, these people need to be eliminated. The problem is, is these people are also fathers and mothers to kids and brothers and uncles. And when you, the family will seek out revenge eventually. So no matter how many of them you kill, there's always going to be a couple that are going to show up and say, you know, look at look at the West as being this nasty imperialistic force that destroyed their family. So I'm not so sure that going in there, guns blazing, is such an effective solution. Well, you could say that
3: about anything. You could say, well, we shouldn't go and kill the Nazis because their family members members will just fight back and they'll get even stronger, right?
2: Well, it, it, you know, it, to to try and, and clarify what we would do as, as president is it's tough because the president at this point doesn't know exactly. Nobody has a handle on exactly. What to do? Part of it, President Trump. Yeah, President (laughs) Trump. Part of it is it. They just say kill the bad guys. Okay, good solution. Well, I think (laughs) part of it is that you have the ideologues. You have people like Assad, um, um, Bin Laden, who came from a wealthy family, and yet he he uh, honed his his beliefs, you know, to be able to gain more power and also to. To, to put forward his, his belief. So you have this whole group of, of leaders or thinkers or religious leaders who are fueling this because they either want the power or they actually believe that the return to the basic tenets of Islam is the only solution you know, for the entire world, regardless of what their religion is. And then you have people who are poor and desperate and fueled with hate against uh, other governments. You have the Palestinians who uh, are never going to, re- at this point, we hope they're, but they're not going to be reconciled with the Israelis. Their homes have been taken away. They, um, the leaders of, of uh, 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 their leaders have, I think, deliberately kept them poor and deliberately kept them in a state of turmoil so that they're amenable to, uh, to violence and to. Um, uh, to To the will of of the leadership, so you've got the guys at the top. You've got the, the desperate who who really believe that death is better than the life that they lead, and they are vulner- vulnerable enough to say, "Sure, I'll be a suicide bomber because what have I got to lose?" At this point, if I'm a suicide bomber, I can bring glory to my family and and have a better yeah, life. Yeah. So you've got well, that, and then you've got. Countries who are not as sensitive to um, the the nuances of Islamist or Muslim or conservative, but they use the words in order to promote the jingoism and the as you were saying australia first to uh, to promote yeah. America first, so you have that whole military industrial complex that uses. All of this to be able to say, yeah, we can build up the military. We can, you know, we can do more bombs. We can do more airplanes. We can do more. Um, um, um. More fighters, and they can keep that whole com that 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 whole um, section of the of the government going. So you've got an intersection of so many different um, beliefs and interests and power groups and and human misery to try and figure out. Okay, they need um, they they need more. Um, uh, uh, self-governing, they need more empowerment. They need free thought. These are all wonderful things. But the question is, how do you bring these things about by reducing the amount of hate that 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 uh, exists between all of these well, groups? Long that, I mean. story, well, but that, yeah. you know, I didn't mean to take up that much time. But it, to to oh, me, it's it, nice. you know, it's it, it, if you know, if Anthony and others have ways of influencing. The politicos on how to go about this, you know, I hope they exert all of the influence well, there, there,
1: they have. There's no, there's no one bullet solution to
2: this. No, right. m-
3: Most yeah. people I know don't know anything about the Kurds, and, and I think Anthony and I are both yeah. saying that we need to replace these crazy fucks with these
5: more secular, sane Kurds. Right? Yes, is Anthony, that
3: correct, Anthony? Yeah. Okay. So I'll
5: say that. I'll say that is that that's exactly what we have to do. But unfortunately, the whole. The, this thing about um, these Islamists that are happening over there is that the sectarianism that is going on, and I argue with this with my friends. Like, I know people in the military, I know military personnel, and I know different people, different backgrounds, and what have you. And we all argue, and we never come up with, like, what we ultimately what's the problem really in the Middle East is the sectarianism the religious infighting that's going on. It's been going on since the end of Muhammad. These sects have been fighting with each other. The problem is is that there needs to be another, the Reformation, if you will, like not not in terms of, I mean, a Reformation in terms of thought in in Islam itself or the religion itself. And these groups need to, I guess, um, somehow come to an end but the thing is that they won't come like to peaceful you could say negotiations with one another they all have their own interests they all have their own ones and it's essentially like which group are you going to promote i mean at the moment the u.s some um, support some um, the kurds which is good but they also support turkey which is bad because Turkey hates the Kurds. So what is this? That's a counterproductive quasi-alliance, and you have a lot of those alliances going on in the Middle East. So essentially, someone shooting the hand of another, and the other guys shaking the hand of another. It's like
4: mm.
5: you have this, like, like for example, the, to come back to Turkey, like, um, you know why we call the PKK and the YPG different groups? Is because the YPG are actually, sorry, the PKK or the Kurdistan Workers Party are actually the YPG, except in Turkey. The reason why America distinguishes them differently is because of politics, because they don't want to say... Uh, they distinguish, for example, the PKK as a terrorist organization because of Turkey, because Turkey considers it as a, a terrorist organization. And Turkey bombs at the moment Kurdish forces in, say, for instance, areas like Maksud which, which, as-
3: which helps ISIS, right?
5: It it helps ISIS as well, and the things like we have forces like US at the moment has coalition forces, okay, backing up these groups and say, okay, push the fight to them, and then they have to sort of say to Turkey and say, you know, guys, we don't want to offend you, we don't want to, you know, break our trust, so we're gonna like we're gonna we're gonna turn a blind eye to you bombing the shit out of our allies, and we're just gonna continue this fake alliance that we have, which I hope they break because it seems that you know with the whole um, failed coup on Turkey, that what's happened recently is that. I hope that Erdogan becomes. Uh, I, uh, God, this is bad to say, but uh, I really hope that the alliance between Turkey and the US fails so because I. that will help us. It'll help us, you know. I guess um, uh, push with the Kurds more, but at the moment, the US wants to keep that alliance, and this is what I mean. It's Turkey's, Turkey's a part of NATO, right? Sorry, what was Turkey's
1: a part of NATO, right?
5: Yeah, uh, Turkey's a part of NATO. That's the shocking thing. The, <laughs> let's take Turkey for example. Turkey has a lead at the moment called Erdogan he's been president of Turkey since 2014 but he's been prime minister since 2002 three when the formation of the Justice and Development Party or AKP the AKP regime is an Islamist regime they are entirely they want Sharia law they want an Islamist Republic or like the same you know how we call um, Iran the uh, the you know the Republic of Iran even yeah. though it's not really a republic it's a misnomer it's 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 an Islamic state yes it's the same they want the same with turkey and what turkey at the moment is doing is that they they hate the kurds they don't recognize them as a proper necessity they want to kill the kurds so what they do is that they bomb the kurds not only outside of their borders but also inside they also like they they blame the pkk oh by the way the pkk is not completely innocent they've also killed people as terrorist acts as well they've done that as well i won't i won't say that they're a clean slate but i'm saying that the turkey is just one organization that's allied with the united states and has been nato it has been in nato and since i think 1947 they've been a part of nato for a long time and they used to be a very secular country if you look at mustafa Aturk, who's the founder of the modern turkish republic he was a very secular person if you look at his speeches he's one of the most secular people in one the middle east at the time in the 1940s and people loved him but the problem is, is that since the late nineties, since the rise of Erdogan, the country has become more Islamist, and this failed coup, which the military tried to do to try, I guess, halt um, Erdogan from taking complete power, more power in Turkey, has failed. And because of that, you'll see Erdogan rise to the status of totalitarian. Oh yeah, and we, we're seeing s- that already. E- even no. Afghan,
3: even As- Afghanistan was a pretty decent place that had women's rights and everything until, like, what nineteen seventy two.
5: No, that was Iran. No, I'm wrong. talking
3: about Afghanistan.
5: Okay, I, sure Iran probably,
3: I think oh, okay. Iran their whole revolution, they had one in anger, oh, no, f- no, 54 I, I, I in, in the, the 70s. They re, they Afghans- the Afghanistan is the same too, absolutely. They had women's rights and the next thing you know one of these non-secular crazy bastards gets in charge and everything goes to hell for decades, so that's why we need to support the moderate Muslims and the Kurds. But Okay, so uh, another thing about Anthony is that he's a big fan of Christopher Hitchens, right?
1: Oh, I love this guy already.
3: Okay, so Anthony, we Okay, so oh Christopher Hitchens has this uh, thing. It's, he's speaking at the uh, the Freedom from Religion Convention. And at the very end, you can help me out with this, Anthony, because your memory is probably better than mine. It's probably the last 12 minutes. And uh, they're doing the Q&A period, and, and one of the audience members kind of stands up and says, you know, every time you go out and you are killing these terrorists, you're just creating more. You know what I mean? Like two or three sympathizers, so they're getting stronger, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And Christopher Hitchens basically says, well, then fuck it. We should just give up and give the world to them now. It's like that um, yeah. well, that Greek, sto- Greek tragedy, whatever story, where he throws the bad guy down. Every time he hits the ground, he gets stronger. And he points out a story uh, where uh, Osama bin Laden, they invaded this country, and they started slaughtering all the children and all this stuff. And uh, the U.S. didn't let them do it, so they blew up uh, a building of the United States. Be- that's your choice you know yep. are you just gonna s- s- they get pissed at you because you won't let them kill children well, so well, well, that, the, I that that's the annoying part i find when people say things like what you said kevin no offense i still love you but when, when <laughs> you, wait, 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 you get annoyed at something i say, <laughs> when you kill ah. you kill a terrorist well, you create more well, well then you know yeah, what fuck it let's just give if yeah, well, fighting the, if they win if we don't fight them and they win if we do fight them then we should just give up do you remember that speech anthony
5: I, I remember, I can vaguely remember, because I've got two different speeches in my mind at the moment, but I, I think essentially there's a really, there's, I think there's only really two ultimate political positions, and I'll say that that's between the internationalist and the nationalist. A nationalist will only look out for his own country's interests. Like, why should we go over there? It's not in our own country's interests. Like, we're fine over here. Let's not do anything. Let's just like let the other countries solve their own problems. We have our own problems first, and that's that's noble. That's that's called an isolationist position as well. America was an isolationist country for a long time. World War, World War II. World War Two. Yeah, World, World War Two.
3: Even until forty-one, then they're like, ah, oh, fuck, and then they no, got involved.
5: That, now, let me just finish my point. Yep. Nationalist yeah, position <laughs> is more, uh, Sorry, the internationalist position is more of a, I guess a, a fusion for that like. That, 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 that urge that you feel, like when you feel someone's being beat up, like next door, and you hear them each and every single day, like they're getting beaten up, their wives are getting beaten up by an um, uh, abusive husband, and you're there sitting each and every day, and you hear her screams each and every single night, and you you say to yourself, I, I should do something, but I, I can't. Like you, that's An internationalist feels in their blood, they feel a pulse, they say, you know, I have a fucking humanity, I yeah. want to fucking help people. There are people dying across the world. Sure, I may not help everyone, but at least i fucking try. Yeah, okay, hold I on hold
1: on a sec. Hold on a sec. Because that analogy is very apropos. Because in real life, and this is a situation that actually almost happened to me, uh, where you see a woman being beaten by a man, what they will tell you, what any person worth their salt and security will tell you, is you don't jump the guy. Right, you have to approach a woman and say, Lady, do you need assistance? Because if you jump the guy like a red blooded, you know, a bit of a hothead, she jumps in with him.
5: Yeah, yeah, that's that's I was going to get to that is that, of course, yes, of course, there's going to be, of course, a diplomacy or I guess a negotiations of sort that is going to be before I guess that fire. But there are times like, for example, when it comes to Saddam Hussein, we were watching him for a long time. We had first initiated help, we actually had helped Saddam Hussein in the early. Times the like the late seventies, early eighties, in the Iran Iraq War, we had helped them for a bit. I don't I mean, know we, we who
3: we is, to but get, <laughs> because we, the, sta- the United States, when you're because oh, you're sh- saying the, sure the West. West. there's no well, Canada wasn't helping, so. No, no, I mean, sorry, <laughs> States,
5: fuck, sorry, sorry. I always, you know, I've always got this mentality of we. I'm like, fuck! It's not, it's not coalition forces, Anthony. This is the United States you're talking about. Okay, <laughs> the United States sort of aided Starm um, during the I think the Iran Iraq War,
4: yeah.
5: and. For a long time, Saddam Hussein was left to kill and butcher. And we did, we for a long time, we tried our best and we did like, we, we felt, we saw the evil in the early 90s and even during the 90s, during the Clinton administration, Clinton tried to put, um, uh, especially with the UN, tried to t- put heavy like um, regulations against Saddam Hussein, but, but didn't do anything. Of course, when September 11th happened and the 9-11 happened and all that kind of stuff, It was that moment where, I guess, it was actually too, we came in a little bit too late, but, sorry, no, we we didn't come in, I mean, fucking the U.S. came in a little bit too late, but we at least came in nonetheless, and we stopped the dictator from continuing killing, and you know what, a lot of people in the U.S., a lot of, uh, you have a lot of Chomskyites and a lot of um, anti-American exceptionalist people, what have you, who would complain and say, you know, uh, the Iraq War was complete failure. We 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 heard a lot of civilians' lives. You know, it was full blood foil. This kind of nonsense and that kind of stuff. And um, you also have a lot of them, a lot of people in Kurdistan, especially in Iraqi Kurdistan, who actually love President George W. Bush. Why? Because he at least he helped free the Kurds from the oppression of Saddam, who had they had faced for almost three decades. It's but- like groups like that and other groups as well. Where You know, of course on our side we we may like view these people as oh they are stupid or you know That it was a failure here and there but to other people across the globe were heroes We've you know that we did actually something to stop the tyranny or stop the fatality It may have been so small. It may have been insignificant in the long term But you did something to stop the tyranny and we did do something I guess. Well, I'm gonna
1: okay, play devil's advocate for half a second here uh, And say uh, wait a minute uh, Maybe Saddam Hussein was a bad guy. Don't get me wrong, he was a bad guy and all that. But the fact that as a dictator, he kept everybody else in check, right? Oh, he kept all ow, the, f- the um, factioning from happening. Did he not?
5: Well, that's the argument. I've, I've heard that post. I mean, gosh, it, I mean, I don't, I, 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 there's a, there was a clip that um, Christopher Etchens did on a narration of, um, I guess, um, the, de- the the t- the actual the day or at least the time when Saddam Hussein, during 1979... With, with the successful coup, he ousted, um, he he allowed his Ba'athist party to, party to rise. And he's sort of ousting all the dissenters out of the room. And um, Kanan Makia wrote also a book called The Republic of Fear, which he describes, uh, I guess, um, Saddam's Iraq, actually, as a terrorist state. And the thing is is that we could say he kept in check these people. We could say, okay, let's leave the dictator because he's keeping in check all the bubbly forces of um rock like that. Uh, uh, sure, you sure you can do that. We can allow, I guess, um, the dictator to murder, kill, the t- what have you, for as long as time, because he's keeping in check all the bad guys. So we don't have to worry about him. Like you know, he's he's killing his own people. He's he's butchering. He's um, shooting. He's blowing up. Um, no, I don't. Th- hits, th- I so don't. Th- I
1: don't think anybody's going there. But I think at that point they were making the lesser of two evils. Choice, right? Either yeah. you know, you let him there and hopefully you know he mellows out and but, try to replace him behind the scenes.
5: I know I, I, I may be a little bit naive in me saying this, but I don't like the less of two evil, I don't like that scenario. But I understand where you're coming from, so you're not gonna vote and for Hillary. Yeah. The situation is, is, is that um, anyway. ultimately, like for example, Saddam's, uh, Saddam's Iraq was um, also religious as well, it has a religious in nature, like he yeah, had the Fatah campaign, was the faith campaign during like. 2000s where he had like bolstered his religious um zealotry in his military and in his cabinet especially because you know he had like um a lot of forces to deal with and the thing is is that you could say yes okay if we had kept Saddam Hussein in um, check then ISIS would never arise okay that, that could be an argument as well but the thing is is that we can't foresee the future like we don't know every single action that we do may lead to this but the very fact is that we can't sit back and do nothing and just say, okay, if we don't do anything, you know, it's, it's not our problem. Like, it's, he, he's, he, for example, a lot of Assad um, apologists—I don't, I don't like to call them apologists—but there's another. This is a, a derogatory slur to them. But Assad apologists will say, okay, you know, why don't we keep Assad in power? He's helping um, fight ISIS. Well, Assad at the moment is butchering kids. He's like he's in the same position as as Saddam Hussein. It's that the people are using the same argument for, except this time for Assad. And and I say that, you know, we have to get rid of all totalitarianism and all totalitarians fall. Well, and,
3: and the invasion could have been done better. They weren't, hiring Ira- they weren't hiring Iraqis to rebuild their country and rebuild their economy. They just oh. kind of went and destroyed everything and made a shitload of money. But it sounds to me like what you're saying is you got this family next door. The dad's beating the fuck out of the kids and the wife and he's molesting yep. the kids. But we can't do anything about it because if we do he's paying the bills, they're going to be homeless, and his yeah. brothers might show up and be twice as bad. Is that not uh,
5: well, fair to no, say? No, no, no. That's kind of what this that, sounds that's like. I, I don't want Kevin? that to be the case where no, we no, can't
1: no, no. do... Wait, I want to hear what uh, Kevin... No, 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 I want to hear Kevin uh, no. No, no, no.
5: Uh, Sorry, are you addressing me or Kevin? <laughs> uh, Kevin, Kevin. No, 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 what I was
1: saying is, you know, in, in, the, uh, in, in the analogy of the, the, the woman that, the, that's being abused mm-hmm. by her boyfriend, husband, whatever... Uh, if, if you jump in right away, uh, a lot of times, and uh, any, security specialist or martial arts, uh, uh, trainee will tell you that the women will turn on you. Yeah, and, and you know you what? You have to, have to, yeah. it, it has to come from the inside. It has to come okay, from her ask, asking for help. And, and a lot
3: of kids will defend their dad who beats the fuck out of them and mol- molests them. Yeah. You still throw his ass in jail and give those kids some help that is exactly what we do I Isn't know
1: I, I I agree with that but the difference is But he's paying the bills and no his, no right? I, I didn't say anything about paying the bills
3: the no that's that's what we're talking about with uh, Saddam Hussein keeping the place in check and no. that, that's my analogy <laughs>
1: the, the difference is is you I uh, to th- this uh, occasion I went to the woman and said do you require the help before jumping on him the United States jumped on Saddam Hussein before consulting maybe the people
3: no 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 he was firing chemical weapons at his own people slaughtering innocent children yeah we knew that for decades before we went in decades like we're talking early 80s when this happened
5: yeah Yeah, well well, can i just quickly can i just make a sort of a point like for example the sarin gas i just like arguing
3: with kevin sorry it's fine like you
5: know to take an example like the sarin gas attack like in 1988 like when like a whole bunch of that when hundreds of thousands of No, sorry No, thousands of people were killed by Saddam Hussein in chemical attacks. We should have gone in earlier I mean during the first Gulf War we should have done Rocking something. Kuwait. Hundreds- yeah,
3: absolutely No, we
5: should have- but the problem is that we waited too damn late and this is the this is, the, this is the, I can This is why I can understand both the anti-war and the pro-war sides that the anti-war side, I mean, I agree, the war should have been earlier. There should have been a war, because there was, a war was going to happen. We knew that, because we had, in, in 1998, we had, like, these UN regulations, like, we were going to say that, you know, Saddam Hussein has killed these bunch of people here, he has a possibility of housing nuclear weapons, what have you, and all these other things. We were going to take him down, but the thing is, is that, just to get back to, I guess, the wife-beating thing, is that, like, in that case, you have Stockholm Syndrome, you know, when the wife yeah. sees her, her abusive husband as, you know, a nice... Uh, figure even though he abuses her yeah it's it's the same with a lot of people like for example you get you get still people who say that you know a life under saddam hussein was not that bad you know it was, it was not that bad you know the dictator was not that bad i mean i talk to egyptians right now who say you know mubarak Hosni mubarak who ran his state like a police state said you know his government was not so bad you know compared to cc's government who's the current military leader like it's not that bad the thing is, I think that a lot of people don't even realize that they're caged or don't realize that they're in a closed society. I mean, for example, if you teach a bird its whole entire life, if, if it's born into a caged, um, caged um, I guess, um, uh, sorry, it's born into a cage and grows up. And if you open up the door, it won't go out of the door because its its whole life has been in a cage. Mm. Do you see what I'm trying to get yeah, at? Yeah, is I know that, what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah, it's the mentality, I guess, that sometimes... You have to. Some people don't know that they're in trouble, even though they are, as the mentality, I guess, of that. Um, um Almost that, you know, this is, the, this is the, like a lot of people in closed societies think of their closed societies as better than open societies. Even though they don't have basic human rights, basic um, liberties, what have you, they think of their society as better than the open society.
3: Well, and we have the United Nations, you know, human rights. We have the Geneva Convention. All these different things, we're not enforcing them. That's my bitch. That is my complaint. If somebody here was molesting and harming children and killing children there would be no question it wouldn't be let's go ask his wife and uh, other remaining children what they think we should do about it they could complain all they wanted and we'd send them to counseling and we'd throw his ass in jail we just need to do the exact same thing with people like Saddam Hussein who are you know gassing children and we can't just be like we can't just be like well it's a matter of their their culture there's this really funny story that i heard Richard Dawkins tell that i guess he had read where the, um, the British had in- encountered some culture in India, somewhere in the Middle East, and they were burning women as like a, like a religious practice kind of thing. Have yeah. you guys heard of this? That's I think it was
1: a thuggies. Yeah.
3: Well, maybe that's what it was, but they said, well, it's, it's our culture to burn these women. And, and the British said, yeah, well, it's our cultural practice to kill people who burn women, so fuck you.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, the other part of this, it would be nice, you know, to think that the the U.S. and the West intervened because of humanitarianism, but uh, you know, whoever was beating up beating up the wife and kids, but actually, you know, most of the motive was the oil. Well, which, but, which okay, we, but which they, in the case that's, of that's a whole can of worms. That's a whole can, can of worms, you know. Right now. Okay, but okay. they didn't get the oil. China no. got the oil. But I'm saying, uh, that, you know, a lot of times. So I don't know people, if that's the case. I'm saying a lot. A lot of times, people, yeah, but but I, but I'm saying is a lot of times countries do not step in because of the humanitarianism. It's because they've got another agenda.
5: Yeah. Can, can I just quickly um, just address that point? Um, you you are you are um, sorry. So what, what what's your name again? <laughs> Nancy. Nancy. And uh, 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 sorry, uh, like uh, uh, Nancy, Kevin, uh, and Tyler. Okay, I got them. My, my well, I call up. Kevin <laughs> Nancy sometimes <laughs> too,
3: but for different reasons. Okay. So. Um,
5: about that, that the thing about that Nancy is that I agree with you that yes, countries never go to country to other countries purely for like pure pure altruism. Like there's there's no such thing as a pure pure altruism. There is of course a partly of an agenda, but I say that. Yes, we went, for example, when the United States. The United States party went into to Iraq also for oil. But the thing is, is that they didn't get a lot of oil from it. It was not the main focus. Because if they wanted to get fucking oil, major oil, they would have gone fucking to other, I don't know, Saudi Arabia or another country with bigger oil productions, what have you. If it was purely, purely, purely for the oil, which is always, I hear the argument, blood for oil. Like, that yeah, sort of me like, too. Purely, purely oil, then... We would see not only because at the moment, like they never got a good deal out of Iraq, even when they left it, they didn't have get uh, the oil production. They spent more on Iraq. I think they spent like... They they lost money. They didn't
3: make money. China got all the
2: fucking oil. No, I I agree. I think think maybe my point, in in hindsight, maybe I should have made the point that generally countries go in when there's more self-interest than humanitarianism (laughs) that's involved. It
3: could have just been Bush Jr., you know trying to measure his dick and say i'm gonna go back <laughs> and get you because of you threatened to kill my dad because they d- they really didn't make a lot of like the country itself didn't make any money i mean there's obviously a lot of the private companies that made a shitload of money and they didn't boost the economy that that's the problem is that people say oh they invaded and if they hadn't invaded all this stuff no they could have invaded better they could have done a better job it's not a matter of invading or not invading it's you could have done a better job and actually boosted
1: the economy well i'm going to need to interject here because on that note i'm going to need to close the show anthony okay. thank you so much for joining us uh i'm going to give you an opportunity here the mic is all yours my friend if people want to know more about you your books you've written all that where can they find you
5: okay so I unfortunately have not read, I've not written any books yet. Oh, but I do have a, um, a site called philosophyismagic.com. So if you like, to type that into Google, it should come up. And if you're on Facebook, please find me at philosophy, the stuff of magic. That should come up at the moment. So, what, what, however you search. And I, I am on Twitter. My Twitter handle is uh, Stoic Viper. If you re- if you're that, want to follow me, or if you want to just call me up on, um, facebook just anthony avice to and if you want to i guess email me it's just anthony avice to beson@gmail.com it's like yeah cuz cool everybody name. can at spell gmail.com. that last name eh? <laughs> uh, uh, can pronounce it? Like, I'll, I'll pronounce my name slowly and I'll spell it out so first name is anthony my last name is avis to so it's a v i c e space d u space B U I S S O N
1: Excellent The yeah. friend
3: the guy with the French name and the Australian accent
1: <laughs> Anthony yes. before I let you go I, I got a quick favor to ask you. Can I get you to say hi I'm Anthony Avis de Bisson and I took a left at the valley?
5: Okay. Hi my name is Anthony Avis de Bisson and I took a left at the valley.
1: Thank you so much, Anthony. You got friends in Canada. I hope you, you we, we can have you back on the show. Oh yeah, we'll talk about free
2: will. It's been a pleasure, Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've, en- <laughs> I've enjoyed this show um, more than I have a lot a lot of other shows. Hey. That's saying that's well, saying, that's saying, saying, a saying lot. no. That's I really do. I think we we got into a, a subject that needed a lot of clarification, and I think you were just exactly the guy to be able to put it in terms that most people will be able to to understand and and in use you know to to form opinions later thank you appreciate oh, i'd it. also like to add that I, you, I
3: used i used to believe in free will until i met anthony and we got into a debate uh, and he just fucking slaughtered me it
1: was embarrassing oh well we should link that somewhere <laughs> 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 well,
5: thank you was so was much nice, anthony. You Ke- uh, sorry it was nice talking to you kevin it was nice talking to you nancy and it was nice talking to you tyler i'll talk
1: I to you again you. man until next time anthony And that was Anthony. Thank you so much, Anthony. Great guy. Love him. We'll have to bring him back for sure. And that takes us towards the end of our show. It was a big show. We had a lot of time there. How much was it? Like over an hour and a half. So pretty cool. All right. Coming up next week. Not exactly sure what we're going to do next week. I don't quite have the schedule with me. But we got plenty of good shows coming down the road. We have a show on uh, The Great Flood That will be interesting We should be doing a show On climate change We're supposed to have A show on prisons we just gotta get a hold Of Martina Wherever she's hiding We're supposed to bring out Russell Glasser And Eli Bosnick We're also working on that Tyler my friend Thank you so much For arguing with me It's always a pleasure
3: Yeah I like winning
1: Yeah yeah <laughs> You can walk back to chill okay? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much guys Until next time All perfectly intelligent people can reach the conclusion that all
0: non-believers are evil. What a fucked up statement. Do you realize what you're saying? But according to your book, this is how your God made me. Skeptical of anything that contradicts history, denies evolution, hates science, promotes mystery. I'd rather see the truth than to bask in my own ignorance. Rather be alone than surrounded by damn idiots. As long as there's a breath in my body, you can bet your last. Only true on a regional scale Science is universal Were you to say that Horus isn't real But Jesus is Or Zeus, Thor, Mitrovich Knew you don't believe in them I think the reason is apparent You do what you're told and believe in the God assigned by your parents I'm proud to be an atheist A skeptic, a non-believer An infidel, a heathen I call it how I see it I say Call it faith and unsubstantiated claims That's something to be ashamed I'm an atheist I'm an atheist I'm an atheist I'm an atheist
4: I'm
0: an atheist I'm an atheist atheist Now let me take a sec, don't mean it sounds so hateful But I swear to God, put it It's very best to keep it on the hush Don't wanna affect business He loves money too much We know that they love the kids But how the fuck can we protect them While they plan to molest them We teaching them to respect them, respect them. Fuck that. The system is broke down Working backwards And the only action of tactic I plan to practice now is to attack them The parties of God's hands are bloodstained Millions of murders by believers And they're all in God And let me take a sec, don't mean it sounds so hateful But I swear to God, pun intended, I find it disgraceful That many atheists are told to be quiet You're not alone, speak your mind, time to let it be known I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer An infidel, a heathen, I call it how I see it I say it's ignorance and you just call it faith And unsubstantiated claims, that's something to be ashamed I'm an atheist, atheist, atheist I'm an atheist.